0: Summer fun is right on track.
1: Because Thomas and all his friends are rolling into Roaring Camp railroads. Full steam ahead. And he's going to have all kinds of activities to choose, choose, choose from. So check on down to Roaring Camp, July 26th through August 4th. You won't want to miss Thomas.
0: You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under Networks. For more on your pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Right, what's up, Hells fans? Welcome to another special episode of The Bird Calls. I'm your host, Preston Els, and today we are breaking down Zion Williamson's strengths and weaknesses with former Washington Wizards head video coordinator, I'm going to give my best shot at this, Brian Orringer. But before we get to that, make sure you guys check out our series on Anthony Davis trade packages, both here on The Bird Calls and on our site at thebirdrights.com. A lot of good stuff on that. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. So please be sure, if you've already checked it out, to share it. Uh, right now, Uh, Last thing before we dive in, let's first introduce Bird Wright's editor-in-chief. He's getting into shape for the media pickup game, Mr. Ali Cosell. We've been talking a lot lately.
2: It's been kind of fun. I mean, because let's face it, Preston, we talked maybe three times over the final three months of the season. So we got to make up for that lost time.
0: That's right. And there's finally, as Brian was just saying, there's something to be excited about. Uh, He said we got some good news when we needed it most. (laughs) Kind of like uh, help will always come to those who need it. Is that the Harry Potter reference? Anyway, you guys can follow him at Ali Cosell. Now, finally, our guest of honor, Mr. Brian Oringer. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, man, we're on cloud nine. Uh, the last week has has brought us so much excitement. Our numbers have been up across the board higher than they've ever been, higher than they were uh, during that Portland series sweep last season. Uh, Ollie, things are pretty great for us, right?
2: Man, I, I just – it was a godsend. Let's just put it bluntly. We were looking at the expectation of Anthony Davis leaving and who knew what the future was. And this is before I'm talking about before all the hires. So we didn't have any direction, you know and <laughs> to be 45 days later to be in this position it's it's really like winning the lottery
0: <laughs> it's literally <not> <laughs> yeah uh and and just as we were saying before i can't remember if we said this on or off air but it's really nice for the the pelicans to finally have a mouthpiece finally to have a voice box somebody who can direct us tell us the plan and and just give us that that confidence that comfortability comfortability that we know that we're headed in the right direction and we know we have somebody who's willing to stand accountable for for missteps and for the more positive things that that transpire we just it it feels like we've been let behind the curtain finally after about seven or eight seasons of just never knowing anything and never really hearing anything. Alvin Gentry was really our mouthpiece for the, the latter half of last season. So Anyway, everything is great, Brian. Uh, we brought him on today because he has an incredibly extensive breakdown of Zion on his YouTube channel. I watched it yesterday. You can find it by following him at Scout with Brian on his website, ScoutwithBrian.com, and you can also donate to the cause at Patreon.com/scoutwithbrian. Let's go ahead and dive right on in, Brian. Uh, this is from Tejeda. Our friend always asks his questions in threes. He says, "Are there any misconceptions when it comes to Zion's strengths and weaknesses?" Uh, I think there's a few.
3: You know, I think uh, as far as you know purported strengths, I think some people think he's uh kind of a pick and roll ball handler, and then he's uh you know obviously some people throw out the LeBron type talent, and you know I don't really see that. I, I see a guy who you know I've said and I showed in my video. I think he really really struggles to to dribble with his right hand. Uh, you know I think he's an okay passer like full court, but uh. You know, I, I think handling the ball is is pretty new to him, and he still has a long way to go um, as a ball handler. So, I'd say that's probably the uh, the biggest thing that sticks out. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think he can his shots further along than than some people think. I think you know when you look at the percentage, obviously it wasn't wasn't phenomenal, but I think he'll uh, be able to build himself into a uh, at least a, a competent you know floor
2: spacer for the most part. Brian, can we real quick, since we're on that topic of his three point shot, we all know he's, you know, both the form and the percentages weren't the greatest, uh, but he did show improvement. But can you go a little bit into maybe some of the changes he made? Because I had read that he made significant changes to his shot uh, in like a year's time where he completely changed his form, you name it. So do you think that A can be uh, something that he can ride to where that the track he's on now that, that he could develop in a good shooter, or does it also maybe show that this guy has that ability? To, you know, he's so coordinated, he's so skilled, his instincts are so good that he's going to eventually figure it out and become at least a competent three-point shooter.
3: Yeah, you know, I think I think, uh, I think he'll, he'll be a guy who'll be able to, you know, hopefully focus on hitting at least the corner three, so that he can, you know, play there as a as a spacer, even like
4: I'm Scott Trout. CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. where a partner men can count on.
0: Contact CordellCordell.com. Cordell.com. 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404.
3: know randall sometimes and uh you know i I think the shot is part of the reason why he's not you know not a three at all in, in my mind i think he doesn't handle the ball well enough or shoot the ball well enough to play kind of more of the wing three like like some people you know think but uh i think for the four spot he's he's kind of got a slow loading you know zach randolph type uh release he loves to you know jab um before his shot and uh i think for now you know it's going to translate probably better to around the elbows and, and take him some time to to really stretch it out to the nba3 in particular but uh you know i i think he he's a guy who it doesn't always look great but uh he ends up you know making a, a fair percentage of his shots and i would expect him to be a guy who can you know, hover around the 32, 33% percent uh, 3 range taking a couple of games. So, you know, it definitely won't be a big strength of his game in my mind, but I think he'll be a guy that you can at least, uh, you know, stick in the corners and, and run some spread pick and roll that way.
0: All right, big thanks to Jay Frazier, who had a similar question to that one. Jay, we're going to skip over your question just because I think Brian uh, pretty much got a good handle on it. Uh, Brian, during your your video filming, and this is another question from Tejeda that I'm going to rephrase, uh, you pointed out Zion's... Uh, willingness to gamble defensively kind of uh making mistakes and that he's trying to get behind offensive players who have their back turned to him something that's obviously not going to occur in the nba on a regular basis those kind of guys are going to expose him how is he going to need to learn in the nba to play a more fundamental defense so that offensive players like that do not take advantage of him as a rookie
3: yeah you know i think it's uh all just kind of figuring out the balancing act you know i i think uh LeBron for example, you know, sometimes he gets accused of uh of, of not really defending and people will show clips where he just kinda walks around or is, is pretty aloof. But uh, you know, he's proven over his career when he's when he's locked in and come playoff time, you know, he can uh he can make huge blocks, huge steals and, and be in the right place at the right time, you know. So I think uh from day one Zion will just have to, you know, really commit to, to team defense and to you know, simplifying it and, and not, you know, gambling as much, just learning NBA health principles and uh how to be in a stance every single time. But, you know, once he does that, I, I think he does kind of have the body and the motor, and you know, the athleticism to be kind of like a a Draymond type defensively, you know, a guy that can switch one through five and get really low in a good stance. And, you know, his, his motor is phenomenal. That's I think the biggest thing that, uh, kind of jumps off the page to me watching him. You know, he, he really, really plays hard and loves to compete. And, uh, you know, that's the type of guy that I, I love betting on. You know, even if I'm not the highest in the world on his skill set, at least right now, I think, uh, you know, he plays with a tremendous passion, a tremendous motor. And that's most of what defense is anyway. Defense is hard and effort, you know. And uh, if he can do those things consistently, I think he'll he'll be pretty good on that end.
0: Ali, I'm going to jump in front of you really quickly. I just want to follow up on that. Uh, you've mentioned on your video, and now again, that his ceiling defensively might be as a Draymond type. Do you think that Zion's ceiling lies with him playing the five?
1: Um.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think he can definitely play some small five. I mean, you know, he's
3: he's obviously a little bit undersized for the position, and uh, you know, can potentially struggle against some of the real, you know, seven, two huge size uh, fives in the league. But yeah, I, I see no reason why he can't uh, play some small ball five in that lineup. But I think a lot of, you know, a lot of that will come down to again, you know, Draymond, such a good ball handler, such a good passer, um, you know, so if Zion's going to play that spot, he's got to work on that part of his game and be able to be a facilitator and you know, bring the ball up the floor occasionally and uh, do some things like that. So I I could definitely see him, you know, sliding to that, uh, at at least in a crunch time lineup. I I think he's a a four to start off with and, uh, you know, in a starting lineup. But I see no reason why he he can't play some five, you know, um, at the next level.
2: Brian, before we uh, or before we got started with this podcast, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the the joy of New Orleans and, you know, kind of the luck that went into it, but also people are excited. So I want to basically talk about what's his impact going to be next season. We got a question from Alexis Glosser and she said, it can be hard, you know, to estimate Zion's potential because he is pretty raw in certain areas, but what do you think his impact will be next season? Is it maybe similar to Randall with more versatility on defense or is it just raw on offense and, you know, just really a little bit more aloof defensively at first? I mean, can you give us kind of like an idea or what, what your concept is, your, your vision for, AA, for, uh, excuse me, I was going to say ADs for Zion's first year with the Pelicans.
3: Yeah, I, I think he'll, uh, bring the energy. I think is the biggest thing for him, you know, like we, uh, one of, uh, Pop's favorite sayings, Greg Popovich as a coach is always bring the juice, you know, like, and that just means to him basically play hard every night, every possession and, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be an adjustment for Zion to do it over 82 games, but uh, I think for the most part, you know, he did a phenomenal job of, of that at Duke, just playing with an amazing motor that made him uh, fun to watch pretty much every night, and uh, I think that's what he's going to bring you guys, you know, first and foremost. I think he's going to bring, you know, blocks, rebounding, hustle plays, uh, energy defensively, transition offense. You know, I think that's going to be his role um, to start off with, is just, being a guy that's going to, you know, uh, some of the things you see like Giannis do well, for example, I I think Zion, you know, could benefit from kind of watching him and taking him as an example, just uh, playing relentlessly hard. Um, You know, the skill components, like I've said, I I think are what is lacking a little bit more now. And, uh, you know, I just caution people to just expect that, you know, he's not going to be a great shooter. He's not going to be a great ball handler for passer you know those things from from day one and uh i do have some some concerns how he fits in an nba half court offense but you know i even still have some of those concerns about uh Giannis, you know that you're seeing even now in the playoffs so uh you can still impact the game you know people don't realize how much more there is to the game than than scoring and shooting in particular you know there's so many different things He can do that uh, even if he struggles within a half-court offense um, a little bit to start. I I think he's definitely a a winning player and an impactful player and uh, will bring a, a lot of excitement to the city for sure.
4: I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on.
0: Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404.
2: Let me ask a quick follow-up. Sorry, Preston. Let me just ask a quick follow-up, Brian. Do you think that the stats will be there? Do you think that there's a chance that he may not be a lock for Rookie of the Year? If I remember reading right somewhere uh, from Twitter line or somewhere, but I think you said that John Morant has a better chance of, you know, coming in the league right away and having, you know, just being able to make that bigger impact, have that presence so that he would essentially, you know, walk away with a rookie of the year, whatever other accolades that will be out there. What's your take on that?
3: Yeah, I, I think uh I think I've said that Ja is probably more NBA ready right now. You know, I just think his game is a little more polished and, and fits in uh, you know, right away as a I think he'll be, you know, a top five in the league assist guy from the start. I think he's a you know, perfect uh spread pick and roll point guard, a guy that can drive and kick and get up in the uh eight or nine, you know, assist the game type and score a lot and uh do a lot of things. So you know, I, I think it, it'll, it could be a good race for sure. I, uh, I wouldn't put it past Zion to, you know, be in the 15 and 8 or 15 and 9 or, or so range, which are good stats in themselves. And, you know, if the team has a lot of success and, uh, you know, maybe is able to convince a guy to stay, you know, he might look a lot, uh, better than I project. But, uh, you know, it's tough. You, you see, you know, Trey and Luca kind of had that battle for a bit and Dallas looked like a much better team and then when it was all said and done, you know, the teams were more even than uh than people expected, but Luca kinda had the uh the runaway 'cause I think Dallas got off to a better start and he got off to a better start. But uh yeah, I mean I, I think Jaws game is, is very NBA ready and I, I like him a ton as a as a prospect as well and uh I think it'll it'll be more competitive between those two than, than some people think.
0: Uh, I just want to follow up on that. But before I do that, just want to mention something that he said previously about Giannis struggling in the half-court sets. That's uh, spot on. There were some great numbers put out by Kirk Goldsberry and Zach Lowe during the game last night about just how much the Bucs were struggling against Kawhi and the Raptors' half-court defense, specifically Kawhi and Pascal Siakam defended Giannis better than all but two players in the NBA. Kawhi was first and Siakam was, uh, was fourth. Let's get back. Uh, Since we're talking about Ja Morant, let's get to your hot take of the podcast. And it's something that I saw yesterday. uh, You were communicating to some of our readers and viewers on Twitter, and that's that you don't find the separation or the divide between Ja and Zion to be that vast. Kind of like you were saying uh, with Trey Young and Luka Doncic, there are some out there, or there were last year, who thought that they were – pretty close to the same level, at least worth trading off another top 10 pick in order to pair someone with Trey rather than just taking Doncic. How wide of a divide do you think there lies between Ja and Zion? And if you were the Pelicans and Memphis was completely all in on Zion and willing to give you the farm for him, would you consider that deal? I would, you know, to be honest. I know it's tough
3: because, you know, they say that's the kind of thing they can get a GM fired. And, uh, you know, even people, the whole narrative, like I said, for the first couple of months of the season was what a colossal mistake Atlanta made and how dare anybody trade Luka Doncic. But, uh, you know, if you're looking at their front office now, I, I think they're probably pretty happy with, with what they did and where they're at. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously they're, they're completely different players and it just depends on uh, what you need, but, you know, and your guys, uh position you know if, if you view that that drew could be kind of a long-term uh wing and, and play alongside him and that you really needed a uh a long-term point guard i mean i i think like i said i think Ja is an all-star at the next level i think his game you know is comparable to a guy like uh like a conley or like a dearon fox i think that's kind of uh you know a lot of what i see in his game and uh yeah, you know, if you can get, like, a huge asset with Memphis somehow to, to take that. I mean, I, I would at least hope that New Orleans is, is doing all their due diligence. I mean, I know, you know, Zion is the odds-on favorite and, the, you know, so exciting. And, and, you know, people are rightfully excited. But uh I, I would at least be willing to pick up the phone and uh have a conversation if there was something that made sense.
2: Do you think – um Typically, you know, top players, the elite players coming out of the draft, don't spend that much time on the courts in Las Vegas in Summer League. <clears throat> what is your expectation of what we may see transpire here uh, in this upcoming Summer League with his maybe his schedule? Um, anything that, you know, anything else that we should know?
3: Sorry, you're saying with with like how Zion's
2: going to... Yeah, excuse Summer me, League? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a question from one of our readers just saying, what what do you think, uh, what, what are some expectations... And do you feel he'll even be compelled to play in the summer league?
3: I hope so i mean uh I think it's a hugely valuable
2: you know thing for young
3: players i have seen uh you know i had the pleasure of going uh i think four four or five of them with the uh, with the wizards and it's uh you know it's a grueling ten or so days but uh I think you get uh you get some feel for like the nBA schedule and having to play back to backs so you know have Get used to the routine. Have morning shootarounds. You know, play in the afternoon. Um, you know, so I, I think it's important to get to to be part of the team and to acclimate. You know, especially to other rookies or young players who could be on the roster. And it's a it's a good chance to you know kind of work on your leadership too, because you're obviously for a summer league team, getting to uh you know be the focal point, be the leader, whereas you jump on the, the big squad and you're still. You know, you're still the rook and there's lots of veterans who are kind of higher up on the on the pecking order. So I would uh, I don't know, you know, unless he has uh, an injury or, or some other concern, I, I would hope that, you know, all these top picks would still take part in, in summer league and, uh, you know, just do their best uh, to compete and uh, show why they, you know, are ready for the league and use it as a as a little appetizer of uh, what's to come.
0: Uh, A lot of great questions. Just want to thank everybody again. I think we covered our questions from Darren Howard and Lowkey. So uh, thank you guys for your questions. We're going to go ahead and move uh, back to Alexis. Let's try this one. Uh, Obviously, we talked about him probably being a natural four at this point in his career, though you said he could exceed as a five, kind of uh, similar to the way that Draymond Green does in small ball lineups. What? Obviously, everybody's going to consider uh, putting shooters around him. But what kind of playmakers do you think Zion needs to have around him? Not only just to play throughout the course of a game, but you mentioned that he might struggle in half-court sets. How can the Pelicans alleviate that by putting the right players around him? Yeah,
3: I think uh, shooting, you know, is the biggest thing, like you said. But uh, in particular, you know, I I think their Achilles' heel—that's that's that's always uh, struggled even with AD—is having like a three you know, in particular, I think that wing spot's going to be important. Um, You know, you you look at Draymond, for example, I mean, obviously, everybody knows, you know, Steph, how much he opens the floor. But, you know, having clay, obviously, has provided uh, a ton of space and a ton of confusion in terms of uh, two defenders always being worried about going to clay, which creates creates flips. It creates uh, assist opportunities for Draymond. And, uh, you know, if Zion's going to be the guy who can, who can set some pick and rolls, you know, um, people like to think, Oh, can he, can he play the Draymond role? Can he, you know, get the, uh, get the ball in the pocket and then make, make the next play? But, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of teams that are going to be trapping, uh, Drew in pick and rolls as good as he is. You know, I think you need, you could definitely need a, a shooter coming off screens, coming off pin downs. Um, you know, so I think that should be a type of guy who's really, high on their board is finding a specialist kind of even like a Landry uh Channett for uh the Clippers you know if uh if you could find somebody like that even in the second round you know I think there's some guys who who can really shoot the ball in the draft and, and play that kind of Joe Harris specialist role um so I, I think that's a good type of player that uh they need to continue to target you know guys that can just make shots and, and come off screens and make shots and uh handle the ball even and do that. And, uh, you know, I think that that makes things a lot easier for Zion if he's playing with, uh, with ball handlers or with, uh, you know, shooters who can open up a lot of opportunities for him.
2: Brian, with that said, this is, I think, a perfect time for me to ask my question. Um, Do you have any concerns about uh, Zion coming to New Orleans and playing for Alvin Gentry? We know what Alvin's strengths are. How do you foresee uh, Alvin either being a benefit or negative for Zion's development?
3: Good, really good question. I, um, you know, I, I think he's a really good coach overall. I think he has a, you know, a really good offensive system. That's a lot of just, you know, spreading the floor and driving kick and spread pick and roll. And, uh, you know, I think that's obviously the, the style of the, the NBA today and it's a very, you know, modernized system, but, at the same time, you know, it's not perfect. I uh, I think you see, you know, teams like teams like Milwaukee, teams like Houston in the playoffs, um, you know, w- when you don't run a ton of, of set plays, uh sometimes you can be a little bit more predictable, especially, you know, at, in the playoffs when teams can really game plan to uh to take away, you know, the things you do best. So, I I just hope that uh, you know, they don't limit Zion. I know obviously you know, he'll he'll be kind of a, a floor spacing four who will um you know be in the corners some, he'll be at the top some, you know, he'll get to handle the ball a little bit, all those things. But, you know, I hope they find some creative ways to uh to try to let him, you know, get some mismatches maybe in the post, to let him uh, you know, come off some cross screen, things like that. I, I think, you know, obviously the the post up game is is a is a piece of his puzzle. It's not gonna be a huge thing at the next level, but I think he can definitely, you know, try to get some switches in the post. Like, you know, like you see guys like Siakam take advantage of, and even Giannis, you know, that's a huge component of of both their games. And, uh, you know, it's a thing that the Pelicans have used some, you know, for AD and a couple guys, but, but not a whole lot. And I I hope they take advantage of that uh, since it seems to be, you know, probably Zion's best half worth skill, at least right now.
0: Great job, Brian. You pretty much covered the rest of our questions. Thank you so much to Caleb uh, Jones, Caleb Lampert, uh, Daniel Harris. Waka Waka Wakanda is asking if Zion is training. Obviously, we we don't really have that information. That's something that we're going to get out of Coach Mike G as soon as we link up with him. But I'm sure knowing Zion's work ethic, he's in a gym somewhere. Um, here's here's going to be our last question. We're going to close with this, Brian. Um, and thank you again so much for your time. Right now, the Pelicans have a major decision to make. It's pretty much the only thing everybody's talking about. Anthony Davis, can David Griffin get him to stay? Do we even want him to stay? Or at this point, would fans just prefer to take whatever they can get back from for him, whether it be from the Clippers, Boston, etc.? cetera? Uh, if you're the GM, if you're David Griffin, do you want to see Zion next to Anthony Davis? Or like you said, would you prefer a package of guys uh, you know, totally built to accentuate his strengths uh, like like you said, a wing who can shoot, uh, a two who can shoot with Drew Holiday, maybe managing the offense to start things. Would you go that route, or would you try to see how things go with Anthony Davis?
3: Yeah, that's the uh, that's a million dollar question. You know, I think uh, I think a lot of it will depend on you know just uh, what Griffin can figure out. Obviously, in terms of you know if he gets to have a sit down with AD or just getting to really know exactly his his thought process you know i i think uh i think there were people close to ad who obviously you know just kind of gave up on the organization and and would love to see him in los angeles or you know in, in a big market like that and uh you know i i, I think ultimately you have to just talk to ad and, and figure out you know is it possibly salvageable you know if we can get a couple other big pieces around uh you and Zion or, or even you and Ja, you know, is, is there any way we can uh, we can kind of pull this and show you we have enough talent for you to win here or, or are you a thousand percent out, you know, and if, if they find out he's a thousand percent out pretty much no matter what they do then I, I think it's pretty much, you know, just a matter of uh, continuing to, to look like they, they might keep him and, and try to put on that happy face, but then you know, you're doing whatever you can behind closed doors to just pit these teams against each other and uh, get the absolute best offer you can get. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough. And uh, I'm sure, you know, they, they would love to to keep him if by some miracle, you know, you could convince them to stay, but at the same time, it, it, it would be, you know, reckless for the organization to to continue to roll him out there on a, on a one-year deal, you know, especially if he says he's walking no matter what. Um, so I think you kind of just have to get some clarity on that and then, you know, have a have a bidding war or continue to build around them both. If uh,
2: if he indicates there's something that would uh, would possibly convince him to stay. Hey, Brian, I'm sorry. Uh, Preston lied to you. I've got one more quick question (laughs) for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Sure. You've been with. Yeah, you've been affiliated with three different teams. um, The Washington Wizards, Atlanta Hawks and Toronto Raptors, for those who don't know. So that's why he's such a great follow. Uh, but from each of those perspectives, or you can combine it into one, can you give us a kind of a general sense or take of what other teams had of uh, the New Orleans Pelicans? And specifically the Dell Demps era, was, was it you know, kind of doomed to fail, even with Anthony Davis in tow? Or can you just quickly give us a sense of what, you know, just how the general sense of and perception of the Pelicans were around the league?
3: Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it's never as good or never as bad as as some might think. You know, on the outside, I, I think he's a, a well-respected overall uh, basketball mind. But uh, you know, I think he had some tendencies there that were, you know, that obviously didn't do him a ton of favors uh, on the media side. And, and a lot of that is just winning that that PR battle. And then uh, you know, he obviously had some some clear. Failings, uh, like I mentioned, you know, just not being able to get, you know, a really solid uh, wing alongside AD pretty much for for most of his tenure there was was unacceptable. And uh, you know, it's it's he went through with a couple coaches, and uh, ultimately, you know, I I think you can only blame the coach for so long before he, there has to be some accountability for for not getting a wing like that and uh, wasting you know a lot of uh, AD's prime. So. You know, I, I think he's, like I said, I think he's a good basketball mind. I think he's more respected maybe than, than some people may think. And, and some of the organization's faults may have been more, um, you know, from ownership and not uh, maybe be more of a, of a football organization than, than they put, you know, resources in the basketball. But now it seems like at least they're, uh you know, they're, they're willing to put the resources in and, and hire a really good balanced uh, front office with, with enough manpower and, uh, you know, Griffin's built championship organ- organizations. Langdon's been a part of them, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to, to be optimistic now about the, uh, about the group they have in place.
0: All right. You guys have been listening to Brian Oringer. Thank you so much for your time, sir. You guys can follow him at Scout with Brian on Twitter, his website, uh, scoutwithbrian.com. You can also donate to the cause at patreon.com slash scoutwithbrian. He's got extensive videos uh, covering Zion, Ja Morant, so many others. So if you guys want to get educated on these players, make sure you dive on in and find out all the most uh, compelling information about both of these guys. Ali, I'm going to, well, actually, Brian, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to go ahead and close out with Ali. Is there anything I missed in terms of where people can find you? Uh, No, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I'll just say uh, Brian with a Y because people
3: uh, miss that sometimes. But, yeah, Scout with Brian on pretty much everything. And uh,
0: appreciate you guys having me. really enjoyed it. Of course. And Ali, before I close out, uh, let's just get to you, sir. Of course, you guys can follow him at Ali Cosell. Uh, we've got a lot of series on 80 trade packages. You've got some individual articles on birdrights.com. I've got a couple. Is there anything uh, coming up that you want our listeners to know of that we haven't covered yet?
2: No, I don't think so. We just want to conclude the trade series and then start looking at greater um, detail of what the Pelicans may look like with Zion. Kind of what we touched on today with Brian.
0: Okay, cool. I'm Preston Ellis. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, if you like what you're hearing, please do us a favor, rate uh, us on iTunes, subscribe to us there, spread the word, retweet, like, tell all of your friends. Uh, We're going to continue doing this all summer. Obviously, there's a lot to be excited about and we're just as excited as you guys. So we're going to keep this going until summer league. I know that Ollie will be there. Kevin will be there. I'll be there and we're going to keep you guys up to date on everything heading into the season. For now, Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's go, pals. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today.
1: Summer fun is right on track. Because Thomas and all his friends are rolling into Roaring Camp railroads, full steam ahead. And he's going to have all kinds of activities to choose, choose, choose from. So check on down to Roaring Camp, July 26th through August 4th. You won't want to miss Thomas.